Hey. Hey, what's that sound? You are probably hearing a combination of noises. One is uh, the composition 9pm from Animal Crossing because it's a girl and she's doing that thing. You know, the thing she did for an entire episode previous where she was trying to count meteorites in a video game while all y'all heard the our theme songs and also the sound of the twinkling that the stars make wasn't that so fun clearly one of my most popular episodes ever uh no it was not actually it was one of the least ones but you might have noticed another sound besides the beguiling tones of my voice hey y'all that is the sound of my air conditioner saving my life because although I do love good quality sound, the only thing I love more than good quality sound is the concept of enjoying being alive. And it's currently probably over 90 degrees Fahrenheit outside, which is like, what, 30 something Celsius? Uh, the point is, it's fucking hot. And it was well over 100 today Fahrenheit again. Um. Have you ever washed your face of sweat and within about 10 seconds found your face covered in sweat again? That was my afternoon. Welcome to my life. Uh, So I'm actually not planning on filling an entire 40 plus minutes of radio with uh, the sound of my gorgeous voice and also Animal Crossing noises just complaining about how hot it is. Or commenting on the weather although I totally could probably pull that off I am capable of many things I am capable of so much um, honestly I didn't go into this with a plan <laughs> you think I ever go into any of these things with a plan I guess I just had a lot on my mind I've had a lot on my mind lately I've had a lot on my mind I'm not comfortable talking about mostly uh, psychological issues Depression, anxiety. <sighs> My PTSD made a stunning reappearance with a trigger last month. That was exciting. Um, I almost ruined my life because that's always fun, right? Um, fuck it. Maybe I should talk about that shit. I'd rather talk about other things. I really, really would. Um. Uh, but in the interest of maybe vulnerability. Uh, I've talked with a handful of friends about this issue, and um, until I had one particularly enlightening conversation with a particularly enlightening friend, uh, I didn't really see a way past it other than to either literally force myself and inevitably fail, which sounds harsh and also like I'm a danger to myself and others. No, no, no. No, I'm not. Okay, well, define danger to myself. No, I'm not. I'm not a danger to myself or others. Um, so, I don't. I don't know if I've talked about this in general before. Not so much the source of my PTSD, because I'm pretty sure I have not talked about that before. There's not a lot of my friends who do know about it. It's not really something I'm keeping like a really closely held secret anymore. Um, because fuck abusers, and especially fuck sexual abusers. Um, when I was a kid, I was sexually abused 
many times from the time I was like three years old until I was like 12 years old and um, when I was just a couple weeks away from turning 21 I ended up coming out about that abuse and about my abuser who was a member of my family uh, that I lived with as a child and um, sent that motherfucker to jail and there's a a lot of feelings about that I did go to therapy I've been in and out of therapist's office for a good portion of my life Uh, when I was a kid my child therapist had no idea I was being sexually abused in the home all they knew was that I was being abused uh, by bullies in school and um, that was by design I had no intention on talking about it as a child when I was strictly at the mercy of other people controlling the financial aspect of my life and the housing aspect of my life because you see when I was a child I made the uh, (laughs) wonderful and delightful choice to read self-help manuals and psychology manuals and stories about people who were children going through some variation on the theme of exactly what I was going through and almost all of their stories if ever they came out about their abuse as children resulted in they got given up for adoption to foster homes where they got mistreated even worse than how they were getting treated at home and also they got ripped apart from their families even though the majority of their family members weren't abusing them just that one asshole and I was like I wish not I (laughs) I wish that not for I I would like to live with my family because the majority of my family is fantastic it's just that one asshole I don't want to be around anymore Okay, I guess I'll just endure another four more years of this abuse or, you know, until whenever my mom chooses to move away from the family and takes me with her. (sighs) Good times! Fantastic, traumatic times. Honestly, I probably wouldn't have even come out about that except that a co-worker accidentally walked in on that conversation when I was about 20 years old, almost 21. She greeted me at the door with an hours-long conversation about about how she was shooting stars. She greeted me at the door. What a fucking place to just interrupt that particularly dark conversation. Oh, another one. (laughs) If I don't sound as ADHD as I actually am, learn nothing about this Take nothing else from this conversation except that ADD and ADHD, or at least the appearance of them, are subset symptoms of complex post-traumatic stress disorder. Yeah, that is a fun, fun fact I learned about complex post-traumatic stress disorder when I was in my early 20s. Uh, Because I was diagnosed with um, being ADD but not ADD enough. To qualify as being pure ADD when I was a child. Like in middle school, I was tested for it. And they're like, well, she's not dumb. And she can do math. If you give her like a boatload of time. And, uh, she almost seems ADD, but like not enough for it to really be a problem. She always manages to seemingly snap herself back into focus. We don't know what to tell y'all. Your daughter's just not working hard enough. 
to like be a good student or something. But she does not qualify for special ed. Oh, that's always great for the self-esteem as a child. God, where was I? Yeah, uh, my employer when I was like 20 years old pulled me aside and regaled me for an hour about how she was bullied within and without the home fellow students when she was a kid growing up in like the 50s or 60s and bullied by her father when she was a little girl. And uh, I really related to a lot of that. Uh, mostly because uh, I was bullied, of course, in school, but uh, I also didn't feel safe at home because I wasn't. And um, at the end of the conversation, I was in tears, full of empathy for her, and my boss pulls me aside and goes, well, were you ever... Um, like abused I was like well I mean outside of like discipline no she's like okay well where were you ever sexually abused as a child and um wasn't necessarily planning to die and take my secret to the grave so much as I was waiting until that day when I was completely self-reliant and the people who might take the news poorly were not in control of my finances or my shelter <laughs> uh and I mean, at the time, I was still in training for that particular job, so I really wasn't in the best place to talk about it. At the same time, I was so tired, and I hate lying. My intention was just to never even be asked that question. I molded my personality to fit that of a person. It would never, ever occur to you to ask, I wonder what kind of childhood trauma they're hiding behind that smile. And all them silly jokes. I bet the silliest joke is how badly they were abused as a child. Ha <laughs> ha! No one thinks that. <laughs> no one thinks that. No one looks at every comedian and goes, <laughs> I bet they were sexually traumatized as a child. <laughs> Nerd! No one does that. No one. <laughs> Not even once. <laughs> God. And yet, my facade had failed. I had been asked the question I had hoped nobody would ask me when I was 20 years old, and just a couple weeks away from turning 21, I still lived with my mother. <laughs> it was like two or three years into the Great Recession. It was hard to get a job. I was still in training for the one that I had. I, I don't think I had even been properly paid in the two or three months that I had been working the damn job. <laughs> yeah, no, I hadn't. I didn't get paid until February, and it was just like a flat 100 bucks. But, uh... <laughs> I, I didn't really have paying work, even though I had this job. I didn't have shelter that only I was responsible for. And yet, I was asked the question... I could have lied. Some might have said that I should have lied. I chose to be honest. And with being honest and saying yes came, well, who did it? Is that person still around children today? And every honest answer I gave just multiplied.
I uh, got the job through my godmother, who was a childhood family friend, and uh, she was kind of the person I was supposed to be substituting for. <laughs> and my boss goes, you know, I'm going to have to tell your godmother about this, right? And I was like, oh, man. It's weird how you can have one of the funniest moments of your life in a pocket of time surrounded by your life just falling apart around you. <laughs> the things that get immortalized in our memories even as we forget all the details. Memories are such funny things. They don't quite hold their shape. Some things aggrandize and some things seem so much smaller than they were. And at the time, they mean the world to you. At the time, they seemed like not such a big deal. And then 10 years later, 20 years later, those are the things that'll jump into your mind. That night, I slept over at my boss's house because she ran her business out of her home. And um, I think that night she called my godmother and explained about our conversation that, that afternoon. Now, obviously, since my godmother knew my family, the next day she came over and gave me a big hug, and she took my godsister with her, her daughter, her only child. And uh, we hugged it out. She was livid on my behalf because she knew my family, and she knew exactly who it was that had molested me when I was a kid, and she was enraged. She was enraged on my behalf and intent to protect me as much as she could. And she had been entrusted with my care from the time I was born, so that was not something that she ever took for granted. And that night, I ended up going home with her, which is what led to uh, a memory I don't, I have not forgotten. <laughs> um, so to kind of interrupt this delightfully scheduled program of talking about trauma anyways uh, I mentioned how sometimes you remember things and sometimes you can experience something really funny even when everything around you is just really not I go to sleep over at my godmother's house that second night my godmother says you know I'm gonna have to tell your mother about this right and I'm like oh boy this is the one thing I was super duper afraid of but okay well, that night, me and my godsister stayed up late. And this was late outs. So late 2000s. But uh, just before 2010. And uh, my godsister had a copy of The Sims 2 which is a video game based on controlling little animated persons because uh, when your life is falling apart at least it seems pretty easy to take care of an animated adult and their basic human needs <laughs> simulated hence the sims well this was a weird version she picked up at a flea market called the sims 2 pets version so this was 
not only were you taking care of a little animated human, you were taking care of a pet of their choice. Because Sims need companions. With the Sims that she had, the Sims 2 pets, was special in another distinctive way that I've never seen in other any other Sims game myself. And I've played the original on PS2, and I've dabbled in playing the, the computer version. The most recent one, I think it's like Sims 3 or 4 or something. It's from like 12 years ago. Um, usually, in most Sims games that I've played, if you have to cook food for your Sim, uh, you go to the fridge and you just say cook and a meal gets made within the game that properly nourishes your character. No big deal. But Sims 2 pets decided to, no, not us. We, we're going to be special. We're going to do the whole thing different. So in The Sims 2 Pets, you go to the fridge, and it gives you the opportunity, the choice, not a choice, actually. You don't have a choice. You have the opportunity to pick your own ingredients and try to invent a meal. But you know what you also don't get a choice about? How to cook those ingredients, because that choice will be made for you. Silly goose, you're not supposed to actually know how to cook. So we we made me and my god cousin, my god sister, we we made atrocities, <laughs> not previously known to man and not seen ever since. We had ourselves a ball of a time messing around and being astonished by this random, randomly changed element of Sims and going, how are we supposed to make food with ingredients it won't even let us have? And then a. Uh, the thing I will really never forget, though, was I think I was trying to get the ingredients to get our Sim to cook an, a cheese omelet. So the three ingredients I chose, if I recall, were milk, cheese, eggs. <laughs> but instead of giving us an option to cook that on the stove, the only cooking option that this game would allow us to use was the blender. <laughs> we looked at each other like, what? What the fuck are you supposed to make in a blender with cheese, milk, and eggs? That's complete nonsense. And mind you, every time that you successfully made a meal that wasn't an atrocity, <laughs> something that was actually edible, um, the game would not only tell you what you had created, it would give you a brief description, an overview of what it was that you had made. So we, we decide to use the blender option anyway, even though the entire time we're like, what the fuck? Why is it like this? And out comes... Look, I want to just, just paint a picture on this canvas of your mind here. Uh, what came out was the blender container full of white liquid. Suspiciously white liquid. It was... <laughs> it was letting off sparks like little fireworks. <laughs> And I, it didn't have a name. It was just like question mark for the title. And the description, I cannot remember verbatim what the description was exactly. <laughs> it might have been something like, so, so unbelievably powerful could move the earth. Um, <laughs> mystic powers unknown or something like that. All I can really tell you about the description of the of this blended milkshake type dish <laughs> that was giving off sparks is that it made both me and my god sister think of Chuck 
Chuck Norris and all the memes about Chuck Norris. So I turn to my god cousin and I say, dude, I think we just made Chuck Norris. <laughs> we were in tears laughing about how ridiculous this one. I was like, dude, I think we have to eat it. <laughs> and so we did. We, we made our character eat Chuck Norris. <clears throat> if you've never played the games, you wouldn't know about this. If you have, like I said, the point of The Sims is to take care of this character's basic human needs. One of those human needs is <laughs> like hunger, and another one is sleep. And still a third is uh, the need to use the restroom, because if you don't quite make it there in time... You will mess yourself. Before we ate Chuck Norris, <laughs> our need to go to the toilet didn't exist. And after we ate Chuck Norris, pissing ourselves was imminent. <laughs> we were immediate our, our toilet meter immediately dropped into the red. <laughs> that just sent us freaking rolling all over again so I tried to take the controls to like force our character to get to the restroom and then the character waddles all the way there like a turtle holding themselves at the crotch level oh we were we were in tears we were laughing so hard and I'm not even sure that we quite made it in like we made it into the bathroom but the bathroom was a really long room and we made it maybe maybe we, we maybe wait blah we maybe made it like halfway across the long hall that was our bathroom and we messed ourselves before we got to the toilet and our poor character ended up crying and I told my cousin dude Chuck Norris made us shit ourselves <laughs> oh my god I wonder if I asked my my god sister about that I wonder if she would remember Chuck Norris how uh, Chuck Norris made us piss ourselves. <laughs> that is one of my happiest memories of my life. And it came right before one of the worst, some of the worst memories of my life. It came after some of the worst memories of my life. <sighs> I am always going to be grateful to my godmother and my god sister for their support towards me during that time. I should really call up my god sister and be like, hey, do you remember Chuck Norris? She's probably going to be so confused. Like, what are you talking about? Like, you know, when, god, when Chuck Norris made us shit ourselves, made us pee ourselves before we quite made it to the bathroom, the... T egg and cheese omelette in the in the blender she probably won't it was such a ridiculous thing and it was so long ago good times yeah why did I actually start talking about all of this I don't I actually really had no intention of ever publicly talking about this story since it involves way more people than just myself and I feel that I owe those people their privacy.
but I know I had remembered that the Chuck Norris story and it just made me laugh. But unfortunately to explain that and why it's so precious to me, I have to talk about my trauma. And I, I had a trigger come up in August. So now that you know way too much about me, I guess I can probably talk about what happened in August. Uh, so slightly before I ended my last relationship, almost three years ago to the day, wow. It'll be three years come November. I've been a single Pringle this entire time. I'm like, hey everybody, she's available. I'm like, hold on. Not so fast. <laughs> my heart is but promised to another. <laughs> no, I'm, I am single though. <laughs> Technically, I am single. <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna explain that other than I have a crush on someone. I have a crush on someone. Guess who? I'm not talking about it. I'm not going to talk about it. Mm -mm. Just ignoring that mess. Uh, but slightly before my I ended my, my previous relationship, I uh, decided I was going to start going to the gym again. And uh, incidentally... Um, just after the breakup, like maybe days after my breakup, I saw this guy at the gym. He was doing like kickflips in the pool while doing laps, and I was like, well, I am probably going to have a healthy obsession with that guy for the foreseeable future. <laughs> and I did. Here we are, three years strong, baby. Woohoo! Ridiculous crushes. <laughs> but, uh,. Then the pandemic happened, but I mean, I had lost like 20 pounds between that November and like midway through March when the first lockdowns began. And uh, gained back every single pound I lost plus interest. Of course, when the gyms opened back up again about a year, year and a half ago, I got back in the gym. And uh, every month that I'm well, I go to the gym twice a week on average <sighs> I started out this year weighing like 280 pounds and I lost like well over 20 I mean I lost 20 pounds by like April or May and uh, I don't really know how much more I've lost since then but uh I know I've lost like half an inch of my waist within the last month alone probably because of the heat because um, <laughs> she's been sweating I've been working up a sweat without even meaning to work <laughs> uh, pretty much the only times I take a break from the gym besides you know three or four days a week maybe five days a week is like whenever I get sick and then I just stay at home so I won't get anybody else sick but uh when I realized that I needed to buy smaller clothing to fit me properly I had an old problem of mine coming up where I, I basically wanted to to gorge myself and to kind of hurry to pack on the weight because um, part of the reason that I weigh as much as I do now is uh, that I am grossly overweight as a psychological thing when I was a kid and all of that was happening to me uh, I thought well maybe if I was fat 
this person would stop abusing me because I won't be attractive anymore. And uh, shot myself in the foot because it did not stop the abuse because I am a beautiful little girl. <laughs> and um, just inherently molestable at every, in every decade for some reason, I guess. Like, I just can't stop. Can't stop, won't stop being hot. <laughs> God, it's so bad. Like, the point is, it, it being fat didn't stop the abuse. Being fat won't stop me from being a cute-ass person. <laughs> God. And, um... Being so overweight for being so goddamn short is just not healthy. <laughs> it's not healthy for me. It's not healthy for the people who are in my life. It's not in my best interest. It is in my best interest to shed as much of the excess weight as I possibly can in a healthy manner. You know, slow and steady wins the race and all that. But every time I've tried to uh, work out or get healthy in the past or go on some sort of diet, every time I started to lose weight in a visible way, I would panic. I would stop whatever it was that I was doing, whatever healthy habits I had picked up, and I would overeat on purpose to gain it back plus interest it took talking with um, one of my friends who ended up looking up some resources for me to figure out that what this was was a maladaptive eating disorder <sighs> subset symptom related to complex post-traumatic stress disorder I had heard of people doing the same thing that I have done, the same thing I tend to do, and uh, they've they've never beaten this. <laughs> As I explained it to my friend, as I have explained it to the handful of friends that I've talked with about this, when I weigh less, I don't feel safe. And so I'm terrified. But after talking it out, especially with that one friend who helped me to identify the source of the problem as well as basically how to work past it, uh, we both realized essentially the only thing I could do was stay positive, make myself stay positive, be positive at myself by force, or group therapy to talk with people who are going through it as well because uh, CBT will only help so far with uh, that particular problem if it would help at all being able to talk about it with someone who to some degree understood and just did not shame me or make me feel like it was totally hopeless but also acknowledged it's fucking hard and didn't make light of the situation um, it really helped me and so I've been trying to stay positive even though it's hard and uh, lost a freaking half inch off my damn waist after that conversation god it's only been like two, two or so weeks two or three weeks what the hell <laughs> I haven't really weighed myself Except at the gym and 
that particular weigh scale is like really weird. Because I think it said I still weigh like 260 pounds. But that's about how much I weighed back in like April. And I've lost about four dress sizes since April. You might have heard that. That's a... Uh, my switch battery getting low, so I guess I'm not going to be counting any more stars tonight. Probably for the best, huh? So, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Your bitch getting fine. Your girl is getting fine as hell. Your bitch was already fine as hell. Love me now that I am fat. Because when I'm a lot more fit, I'm going to kick your ass for making me feel bad about myself. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, buddy. Bought this new hat. And it kind of looks like the hat that tall vampire Dommy Mommy from Resident Evil 8 wears. And... I am absolutely soaking in that vibe. I love that freaking hat. It looks good on me, especially when I pair it with this one shade of red lip coloring. Look, man, all I know is I haven't felt this confident in ages, and it makes me feel good about myself. I love that freaking hat, dude. I've been so committed to a piece of clothing since I was but a child in elementary school. I wish we kept that Naha from the Lion King backpack. <sighs> so yeah, your girl is trying to be healthy. She is living her life. She is looking fine. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I got a crush on someone. I've had a crush on someone for like the past very nearly three years. Come also come November. Uh, I guess I should tell that story since I'm being super duper personal right now. Um, so like I said, there was this dude, and he swims good. <laughs> I admired that, and I just thought he was a really, really handsome guy. Um, and so I made up my mind that I was just going to talk to him. Like, yes, go talk to him. <laughs> Ask him what he's doing here. <laughs> I, uh... Chatted with him every time that we met up. And, um, our schedules are, like, really different. Because I would only run into him, like, every two or three months. Every four months-ish. Um, it just kind of depended. Because our, our schedules didn't really sync all the time. It was very infrequent that our, our our schedules would sync that we'd end up at the gym at the same time but every time we did i'd talk to him just like small small talk how are you hope you're having a nice day wow the pool water's so nice wow look at what's going on <laughs> jacuzzi feels nice well, one time in like early 2020 between like January and March, we had a conversation where we ended up telling each other our names. I still remember his name. I'm not going to tell you what his name is because it's a, it's a very rare. Like, I ended up Facebook stalking the guy. He's the only person in our town with that name. 
learned way too much about this person by looking them up on their socials. Yikes! Yeah, so I stalked my crush. I am a stalker. <laughs> I am a stalker now. Oh. I still want to ask the guy out, but how do I tell him? Like, yeah, I know way too much about your personal life. Because you put it out there on the internet, my boy. What were you thinking? <laughs> it's like you're asking to get stalked. No. Uh, no. No, 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 no. I talked with one friend about it and she was like, yeah, you can basically never tell him if you guys ever end up dating. I'm like, first of all, he could always say no. I could ask him on a date and he could say no. And that would, I would hope, destroy this unreasonably long crush I've had. But I want to see it through. I want to at least try asking the guy out. Well, I have been way too personal in this podcast. I didn't even mean to talk about like any of this stuff. I guess I just kind of felt like I needed to give context. For a lot of stuff. I didn't really need to do that. I should probably delete this right afterwards. If you haven't figured it out, the podcast is pure stream of consciousness. I don't write scripts. Uh, if you're lucky, I might write bullet points for things to talk about. Just talk about whatever's going through my little head. Right here in my noggin. At any given point in time. And uh, think about a lot of things. Sometimes I think about nothing at all. There's basically roughly another 10 minutes that I can abuse. And uh, the only other thing that I can think of that would probably be a small topic to think about or to talk about, just because it's like a little bit silly. It's just that, like in terms of world history news or whatever, world news, I did catch uh, two things. One, the country of Nigeria which is in Africa, has decided uh, to stop using international models in all of their local advertisements in order to focus on only hiring locals. And some asshole, this white supremacist journalist on the international stage, asked either the president of Nigeria or whoever it was that was instating the ban... So this mean you're not gonna hire white people? Just like, where do you get off, dude? Like you realize that they said all foreign models are getting banned. That includes Asians. Why aren't you worried about the Asians getting banned? Why aren't you worried about how Indian models are not gonna get work in Nigeria anymore? Why aren't you worried about how, <laughs> you know, people in China aren't gonna get work anymore? Models from Japan are not gonna get any more work. Models from America, regardless of their ethnicity, are not going to get work. You're only worried about the white models. <laughs> get the fuck out of here, bro. But, you know, being fairly blindsided by the question, the person instituting the band goes, well, like, presumably, 
a white model would be from outside of the country of Nigeria. Ergo, they would not be a logo. Therefore, yeah, I, I guess white people are getting banned too. And that caused an international uproar like you would not believe. Countless Caucasian TikTokers going, Nigeria is so racist. They're banning white people. This is racist. I'm like, dude, did it not occur to you that some Nigerians are white? That some of them are like, they have mixed race children? Nigeria is just a country. It's not a racial thing. It's a, a nationalist thing, which has its own flavors of not okayness to it. But it's not a specifically racial thing. It's a nationalist thing. Get over yourselves. That's pretty much where my opinion on that lies. But it was just ugh, so insidious. Seeing all that going down at the international stage. Why are people like this? Ugh. So annoying. Props to Nigeria, though, trying to encourage local talent and whatnot. <sighs> it's a pretty small country, so, I mean, I don't think that this level of nationalism is going to lead to, like, <laughs> Nazi Germany levels of nationalism. Like, there are reasons to be concerned about nationalism to a degree, but I don't think we need to fear that coming out of a fairly small country like Nigeria, which is not even considered a world power. Which is so weird. Because the culture is so interesting. Also, I love a Nigerian accent. So classy. I, every time I hear a person speaking with a Nigerian accent, I think they're like royalty. <laughs> And I think it's because it was probably a Nigerian accent that was used in coming to America with Eddie Murphy. I think they all spoke in Nigerian accents. And so, like, that's the accent that I associate with, like, royalty. Like, black African royalty. Like, Nigerian African royalty. Does Nigeria even have kings and queens? I don't even know. Oh, I'm such a dork. Ugh. <sighs> Yeah. And there was that. Uh, I haven't seen any kind of updates on that one comic I was reading. The, um, the one about the happy fat girl. Queen, she gave me life, and then she took it away by not updating past the 28th chapter. God damn it. I feel like I have to do more research into what's going on with the manga world. Probably since, like, everything is going online, I could imagine, like, publications and the editing world are probably having, like, a bitch of an, bitch of an inch of a time trying to, like, get stuff printed on paper. The ethics of actually using printing paper and ink and marketing that en masse around the world. A lot of stuff is going online, and, like, that might seem like the wiser thing in the short run, but honestly, I like paper. I like the concept of print. I also understand how that's not sustainable at the current model long-term going into the future. But then again, neither is it sustainable for everything to go online, 
in perpetuity. I mean, literally, all you'd have to do is take out the handful of servers around the world that literally allow the internet to exist, and we've returned to the Dark Ages. It wouldn't be hard. <laughs> Jesus. This podcast got dark. <laughs> this podcast got like really, really dark. I'm like, oh. I started off thinking, oh yeah, we're gonna have a good old time in depression. <laughs> but we're gonna talk about a bunch of fun things like trauma. <laughs> we're gonna discuss cool and exciting world events. This had to have been really boring. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you. I've been getting into animation. Uh, there's a free-to-use app uh, called Flip a Clip. F-L-I-P. The letter A. C-L-I-P. Flip a Clip. Um, if you ever wanted to dabble in the world, it operates approximately at 24 frames a minute. Or is it 24 frames a second? No, oh, it's 24 frames a second. Um, so if you've ever wanted to just kind of like try animating for free. That's something that exists. If you've ever wanted to up your art game something sick but you can't afford Photoshop, um, Ibis Paintex is also free to download and to use. It's spelled I-B-I-S like the bird, Ibis. Paint is spelled in the traditional way, P-A-I-N-T. And then X is just the letter X, Ibis Paintex. So that's if you want to do like almost professional quality grade artwork. Lots of people upload their stuff to the site and it looks amazing like something you'd see out of comic books or just sold online by cell phone companies illegally, stolen from hardworking artists that never get paid for their work even though they totally should. <sighs> this has been a wild ride of a podcast, hasn't it? And the entire time, with the dulcet tones of my freaking air conditioner roaring in the background. Look. Do you want me to live? No? Well, too bad. I want to I want to feel somewhere I belong. You know what? I'm getting the fuck out of here. This has been... That's been too much, man. Maybe like this whole podcast has been like, that's too much, man. Oof. Oh yeah, and if you want um, an entire TV series that feels like this freaking podcast across several seasons, watch BoJack Horseman for sure. Totally watch BoJack Horseman. Spelled B-O-J-A-C-K for BoJack. And Horseman, all one word, it's like the word for horse and the word for man h-o-r-s-e-m-a-n you're welcome what can i say except you're welcome and i'm so sorry goodbye